0: blog talk radio They'll spend time speaking about different goddesses from all over the world, paying attention to the ancient reverence of long-ago cultures and infusing it with a modern perspective. Elvira, Phoenix, take it away.
1: And here we go. Except I forgot to push the unmute button. So it took me a second longer than it should have.
2: (laughs) All right. I would say hello and it just, you know, it's okay. It's
1: fine. We're still a Mercury retrograde. We could justify (laughs) anything. Oh, man. Mercury retrograde (laughs) has been so fun already. I know. Kick ass,
2: take names, and then throw them in the water and watch them melt. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I will say one thing believe it or not, when Venus went retrograde yes, started, uh, direct yesterday, direct, I apologize, yeah. direct, I actually felt it. It was like mm. I could feel uh, like my body relax a bit. Now, <laughs> that hypothetically, I look at that and that is a fraction of a relax because with everything right. else going on, there is kind of a question about, Actually, relaxed. Like the body, really, and everything. Yeah. going, oh my God, yes. So well, there's good,
1: still but. four other things in retrograde, right?
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Neptune yeah. went retrograde on Wednesday, which right. technically is the higher octave of Venus. You know, meaning in in astrological, they because they're 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 watery, they're emotional, they're you know, blah blah blah. So I went well. Okay, fine. You know. Yep. So one of these days, we'll we'll maybe our next. Jaunt into um a series might be a little bit on astrology. I know neither one of yeah. us are astrologers, but I think that might be yeah. something to.
1: Ask. You know enough to be dangerous. <laughs> I know that. That's okay. Which is good. Yeah, yeah. we should be I dangerous. We on Mercury retrograde, so you know, for folks who are listening now during Mercury retrograde, and you're wondering, yeah. like, what to do or how to more easily navigate Mercury retrograde. We do have a show about that, but it would be fun to do a show on, on maybe we could even break it down a little bit and do like different retrogrades and you know, yeah. the differences between sun, moons and rising. You know, some of the basics. It would be fun. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that, you know, because again both of us have worked to learn that because the tarot is got astrology in it and um and different esoteric systems, the Tarot mm-hmm. and the astrology are very prominent on how they work some of their own magic. So, you know, yeah. I guess we can, we can always find a way to bring it back to what we really talk about, right?
1: Right. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> but so um, how was your week? You, actually, you were telling me something and we were just at that cutoff. I don't know if you <laughs> want to make that really no, real public or not.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my week's kind of all over the place. So uh, one of my beloved teachers and mentors and coven sister is in the process of actively dying. So she is, um, honestly, it could be any moment now. So I'm sort of, there's a piece of me that's holding that vigil of of her crossing over process. And so, you know, I have to be fully transparent that there is a part of me there today. So I feel a little, I feel a little fragmented today. You know, it's been... um, I've been in it with that process for a while, at least a week. It's been like active. So that's happening. And um, I did a workshop last night. No, Wednesday night for Freya, um, you know, one of my goddess mm-hmm. classes. And and it mm. just so happens that this mentor of mine is a dedicant of Freya. Uh, mm. And so it was really weird for the timing of that because I'd scheduled this class long before, you know, all of this sort of, manifested this way and so it was it was a bittersweet to be doing this workshop about Freya as my friend is you know on her way to meet her you know Um, and then today we got a kitten and he's so cute and I just am so I've never had a kitten before I've had lots of cats in my life I've never had a kitten so I'm nervous about that. Uh, And then yesterday um, my son, my adult son got in an altercation with the cops and he just, he just happened upon a situation that he thought was unjust and stopped to ask what was going on and see if he could help this person who was clearly in distress. It was a, a homeless person who was clearly in distress. And the cops in Santa Rosa were being very cruel and you know, I don't know what the whole deal is. I don't know what this woman may or may not have done, but they were, they were like throwing her belongings around and saying how she was, she was trash and all her belongings were trash. They were just being very cruel. And she was, um, she was upset. She was crying and, um, and very uh, scared and carrying on. And, um, you know, my thought based on what he was saying is that she's, you know, likely got, mental illness so to some degree but that level of cruelty is unnecessary you know mm-hmm. um, and then my son noticed that one of the cops in this situation was not wearing a mask which in the state of california is now the law you cannot be uh, out with people if you can't maintain six feet of distance without a mask on and he said to the cops Uh, Why aren't you wearing a mask? You shouldn't be this close to her if you're not wearing a mask. And the cop got up in my son's face and said, I won't wear a mask because I'm not a sheep. And ever since I heard this story, and I didn't hear it directly from my son, I heard it from my son's father. He's actually my stepson and so my, he came over and talked to my husband yesterday, and he calmed him down, and they did some things that, you know, like the things that you can do in a situation like that with legal action and calling the, um, the station. And, you know, it's really a whole lot of nothing because, as we know, cops back up their own. Um, but I am so angry I'm so angry that a police officer is endangering people, including my effing kid. uh, And that the police officer made a comment about not being a sheep. Like I could set the world on fire. I'm so angry. I'm so angry. Like that just the disrespect of it blows my mind. So like, that's, that's where I am right now. Like I'm so excited by this adorable, cute little kitten I'm in deep grief over a beloved who's dying, and I'm fuming at the state of our world and the police and the vagrant disregard for other human lives. Um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> How are you? How is your week? <laughs> oh, gee. Well,
2: you know fascinating as it is you think you've got a lot of the emotion you know i'm not mm-hmm. saying that you're you know but i mean it's got a lot of intense emotion and in, in yeah these different things i'm looking at my week going it was basically a focused intensity of emotion and and circumstance um but when and, again, we are journeying with the card as much as anybody that chooses to follow what we are doing in terms of our radio shows in sequence um, because that's what the nature of this tool is, really. And so death, when I started looking at it before the week started, I was kind of like a little bit intrepid. You know, I mean, how much do you really want to you know, talk about death? And, you know, what does this mean and all the rest of it. But for me, it manifested in a death of a tooth, uh, mm-hmm. an unexpected death, not one planned. Um, so that started my week out and, what you know, has transpired That's in terrifying. the last four days. Oh, it is never any fun. Dental work under emergency situations never fun. No. Dental work under emergency situations when you have less than uh, you may have exactly a week before you get on a plane to go away
1: mm-hmm. for
2: approximately two and a half weeks is even more intense and more mm-hmm. um, emotional. And then so an a pandemic had
1: to... on top of all of that. Oh, yeah. And, you know. Yeah. 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 All the things. Yes.
2: <laughs> and so it was. Um, it was, very and it well, it still is. It isn't like it's over. It's just I've reached a certain place where I have been able to do the things that are best suited for the circumstance, the situation of the tooth, and, you know, the economic pocket that it needs to come out of or very large hole that I'm going to siphon from someplace. Um, mm-hmm. But that in itself began to make me look at what death is and what, you know, we will get into with this card. But it was, and it's always, you know, like, okay, this is my personal experience, hmm. Um, So a friend of mine actually reminded me that I have been on a death watch since I said I wanted to move to Arkansas,
0: and Mm -hmm. I started the
2: actual process. So the tooth (laughs) breaking off and something having to happen kind of made me look at it as going, well, even with a pandemic, even with whatever else is going on that that has created, the process still happens, whether it happens like with your mentor and, you know, friend, um, because this is a time when we are dealing with this process of change, transformation, and I was stunned when I started really delving into this this card about how poignant it is for what is happening. Yeah. This moment, and obviously, we are probably going to just you know find our way through that and and do that. But it was it was, I mean, talk about right on. I'm like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> it's a tool that I use. On a regular basis. And, you know, here here was the thing. In my own personal experience trying to deal with my clients and keep that part of me that was like yours was anger at the situation that was disrespectful, I began getting upset and angry and frustrated because I... Was in the situation, and I had to step aside so I could deal with the people that I was dealing with, and not have them washed or splattered with that. It was very, um, again, it was like a PhD. And how do you get through this and still be who you are in mm-hmm. your, you know, your world? Right. And that, my dear, was my week up to this moment. Well, that's <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Well. So. Obviously, we will jump in with this incredibly um, iconic <laughs> tarot mm-hmm. call called Death. So
1: yes, well, you know, we are exploring the major arcana, and today we hit number thirteen, the Death card. Dun, dun dun
2: which is, <laughs> you know
1: when people who don't know how to read tarot cards or um, are dabbling or maybe interested in witchcraft or whatever, the death card, or you don't know jack shit about any of it. And you just have heard that there's a death card. This card probably has the most drama and uh, projection placed upon it more than any other card in the deck. True. Yeah. True. Yep. Mm -hmm. Because
2: we are afraid of death and it's, of the I believe, from the more, not from the, the more indigenous and pagan, well indigenous, because we're, pagans are a specific sector of that. Um, they lived and they lived and died with the cycle of death being part of it. and there was a uh, fear that was put on it was only after a certain transition, had happened. And I believe that, you know, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to leave our loved ones. We don't want to leave the world that we know. And of course there is a fear there, but when you are prepared from an early time in your life, that it is, you know, this is a cycle of, of an existence that we have, I think you, you have a better foundation. So I will let you, motors through the one thing I know you're good at and I'm like shit at is talking <laughs> about the different things on the card that we use from the weight Rider Smith decks and, and yes. there on, we will jump.
1: So go for it, my dear. Great. So, yeah, so this card, it, the artwork comes from uh, the writer weight Smith deck and it's, you know, writer and weight were the publishers of this deck and um, Smith, Smith, who I can't remember her first name, it'll come to me when I'm least expecting it. But she did all of the, the actual artwork. She did the painting of this deck. So, you know, it's kind of hard to not talk about some of the history just briefly before I talk about what it looks like because that it all goes together, right? But we've mentioned this on every episode about the Tarot. It started as a game, and so some of the imagery that's used in this divination practice was originally part of the game. Um, and for a while, this card um, either was omitted from decks because of the superstition of, of the Death card showing up, uh, or it was referred to as the card with no name, much like Voldemort, he who shall not be named. <laughs> um, And then in some modern decks like this card is either the rebirth card or the death rebirth card, or, you know, it's more about the cyclical nature of life and death and not so much like the doom of death. But the imagery on this card, especially if you're not uh, an esoteric student is a little bit creepy. It's a white horse. And of course, white means something. It's it's a symbol of purity and clearness and clarity. Uh, And on the white, the back of the horse, And the horse is bridled and fully, you know, got all the the accoutrement on that you need to ride a horse. Um, He also has a red eye, right? And often animals that have either red ears or red eyes and are pure white are symbols of the other world. And I'm using the other world to describe all those other realms. It could be a fae being or a god or from the underworld. Uh, But that combination of, of a white animal with a red something is often a symbol of the other realms Um, and then there's a knight on the back of the horse but he's he has a skeleton face and skeleton hands and the rest of him is in black um, knight garb he's wearing you know what is that stuff called armor armor Uh, and there is a red plume coming out the top of that armor in front of the horse is a bishop. I think it's a bishop, right, or a cardinal huh, or whatever. Yes. it's uh, some holy man and he's he's all in yellow, which is you know a color that's associated with riches, but also with um, light and warmth. but it looks he's holding his hands out to the the, the creature on the horse almost as though he is um, bowing or supplicating to the death card. Um, behind him in the distance, right? Like we've gone through a few cards where there's no background imagery, but on this card you can see the pillars in the background, which have, um, they've been in many of the cards along the way so far, the two pillars. They've, I can't even name all the cards that they've been a part of at this point, but they've definitely showed up at least four if not more times along the road so far And right in between the pillars, the sun is rising. And that just so happens to be at the head of this bishop figure, this cardinal figure. So again, we see this sun rising in the distance and this doorway, those pillars, which are life and death. Those pillars are the representations of mercy and severity, life and death, this sort of balance. Um, In front of the pillars, so like in the scene between the horse and the pillars in the far-off distance, There's a river, and there are boats on the river. There is some land. And then all around the horse and the the skeleton figure are dead or dying people. And there are rich people and poor people. There are children. uh, There are women. And so there is um, a king with his crown fallen off onto the ground. Uh, And this is to symbolize that death comes for us all. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. It doesn't matter if you're a child or a woman or a, what class you're from or a bishop or us all. And the most interesting part of this card to me is that, um, well, the pillars are pretty interesting. But the second interesting thing is the flag that the death creature, the skeleton guy, person on the horse is carrying has a flower on it. It's a white flower. Um, and that is interesting because this specific flower I've seen, and this isn't mentioned anywhere in my research, so I'm actually going to do a little bit more research on this just for my own education. But I've seen this flower before on um, some like old school Celtic symbolism and artwork and stuff. So I'm wondering, like, where where the specific flower's imagery came from. And I don't have that in my notes, but I'm curious about it. Um, so, yeah. Oh, and it's not supposed to be the rising sun in the background. It's supposed to be the setting sun. So it is the closing of a chapter, right, instead of the, the dawn. It's the end of the day, which mm-hmm. seems, you know, to make sense since it's the death card. Exactly. exactly.
2: Well, definitely the, you know, the... Um, the interesting thing is, is that if you look at the hat on, well, they call it a mitre. Um, and I was, I was looking at, it, I was listening to you, and I'm looking, and I'm just, you know, um, it talks about it. Look, you know, about a fish, a fish's head. Well, if you move the 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 cart just a tad to, you know, the right and angle it, it looks like a fish's head, and technically that is supposed to be for the for the fact that in the esoteric and this is jumping ahead because we don't get to this usually until the end of the, the hour, but it noon, which is the name, it's like noon mm-hmm. is N U N is the um, Hebrew letter or name and it means fish. And so there's a whole mm-hmm. process about that we will talk about later. But it really just Where made is the me
1: fish say that again?
2: Okay, look at the mitre on the head the mitre is the hat on the bishop who's the one that's oh, the uh, religious gotcha, man. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. Okay. And you kind of turn it a little bit and it does look like a fish's head. Sure. Um, so we well, that again. makes sense, right? Cause there's all that symbology with Jesus and religion. And right. This guy right. represents, you know, well, the other thing about this card that I find so um, well, interesting, I guess, because, you know, if we go back several hundred years, when these cards were originally created, the symbology here is that um, their leadership is bowing down to death. So this shows that the King is dead. He is not the leader. Who's the leader, the leader of the church. So this card shows how much power the church had when, when this system was originating, you know, because it's uh, even the leader, even the leader bows down to death, but the leader is depicted as a, Someone from the church, not someone from politics or uh you know government, right, Interesting. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. and um what they say about the, the flower is it's a rose. I was looking at that right. at least you know, but i that particular rose, as it's drawn, definitely has been in other um esoteric you know areas, so you'll you probably have a lot to. Tell me the next time we talk about any research you found, but um, and it's all about you know the the death is funny because there's a sentence there that I I, I highlighted. It. it says death is a protest against stagnation. It is by death that social changes for the better come to pass and old ideas give way. And I'm thinking, and what are we going through right now?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: And we're not just talking no. pandemic. We're talking about the social unrest that is coming, that is here, actually. It's not coming. It is here. Um, and this card has a lot to say about that kind of uh, process, especially when you get more, um, you know, there are other things to, to talk about in terms of um, esoteric meanings and the different things and what layers there are in it. But, um, but it does go back to also um, regeneration so birth
1: rebirth and uh, right yeah yeah and you know that what's interesting too is the writer waite smith deck has very specific imagery and we've talked about this before because um writer and and wait were involved with the Golden dawn and they were masons and so they were very much into these esoteric systems so they chose the kind of imagery that would show up and that they asked this artist to create right they they had very Mm -hmm. specific things that they wanted included in the artwork here but if you look at some of the older decks before the Rider Waite deck um there are Uh, often the death card's very creepy like the Visconti deck which is a really old italian um, deck you know the death card is like this emaciated skeleton and he's got a bow in his hand and this like ribbon tied around his head um and and he's not even a skeleton he's like it's like the flesh it literally emaciation like his flesh is completely on his bones except when you get to the rib cage and then his his um, body is open and you can see his spine. It's really creepy. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the the writer Waite Smith version of this card, is it's very dignified. Um, it's very, like, even though the death card has a, he's got a skeleton face and he clearly represents, you know, the Grim Reaper, there's something mm-hmm. sort of regal and classy about it. You know, he's riding a white horse and he's wearing black armor and um, and it doesn't have that sort of morbid quality that some of the older decks do, where they would refer to this card as the card with no name, you know, or uh, people would t- intentionally take the card out of the deck. Uh, and I think as the evolution of this card, where it at one point was a, it what meant death, it meant death. And this was a scary card to get. Uh, but it doesn't mean that anymore. Right. And I think that. Um, it's also just be, if we just pretend to be logical for a minute, like hundreds of years ago, death was a lot more prevalent, right? People died very young. If you weren't ill, you likely knew someone who was like, you could die from something that we don't even think about anymore because we, we know better or we have medicine for it or whatever. So it wouldn't be unusual, for death to be so close at hand, right? And that's not necessarily the case anymore. Death, I mean, yes, death is still absolutely everywhere, and we will all experience it for ourselves and for our loved ones, right? But uh, it's not quite the everyday occurrence as it would have been for our ancestors. Mhm, mhm, mhm. So truly,
2: truly, and um, you know, the it's interesting because I was. I, I kind of pick out different things. I read the things. I go, yeah, 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 and then I kind of go back and I go, well, like for instance, the divinatory meaning based on the weight Rider Smith um, accompanying, uh, not you know, uh, pamphlet or books that you look at is upright. Again, we go upright, mm-hmm. reversals, but upright is transformation, change, destruction followed by renewal, birth of new ideas and new opportunities. Uh, The change may be in more consciousness, but the reverse, of course, becomes disaster, political upheaval, revolution, anarchy, death of a political figure, and temporary stagnation. Interesting, though, to me, all of those apply, because obviously when I'm reading a card, and we've talked about this a lot, is that I do not go with reversals. I know you don't. And then what Mm -hmm. we do is we see the cards around that also speak about what it is that's going on or pertaining to the particular concern that the client is asking about. So to me, they all apply because of what else goes on around it, not just the card. So. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and this, more than any other card, I think they, they do, it's just kind of like, yep, I'd say all of those kind of put themselves into it. But again, with death, there is birth. It's just mm-hmm. a different version of what we would describe as a birth in terms of whatever is happening. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, do we have any more we want to throw out about how the, the rider deck or the weight rider deck? I I I annotate it, which is, you know, inappropriate. I think, but um, yeah. any meanings or anything that we want to throw out?
1: Well, let me peek through my notes here. La, la, la. Um, yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think we've gone through. I'm going to click on this little note I have right here and see if there's anything. Oh, no, I don't have anything else. Um, okay. Yeah.
2: Yeah. All right. So, what we might want to do then is go ahead and do our, our little um, add, comma, comma.
1: Yeah. Uh, let's do our break. Let's take a break.
2: And we'll take our break.
1: All right. We'll be back in a minute.
2: Okey dokey.
0: Magic is coming your way right after these messages. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4:30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John Saint Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LaFay Fridays 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we're back. We're
2: back. I was unable, unable to remember. Commercial. <laughs> commercial. I, I, my brain just went. Oh no, we don't need to. We don't need to remember what it is. It just is our break. So
1: yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. words are hard. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's in. It's out. It's around. So um, why don't we kind of change paths a bit, maybe? And like, as I, I say, change paths. It's like instead of keep hammering at the, the, the more traditional ways it was read. Why don't you share with us the uh, Druid deck and its, I, you know, its imagery and yeah. Um, meeting.
1: Yeah. So the imagery on – so I read the Druid Craft Tarot deck, which is by Philip and Stephanie Cargom. Um, if you've been listening along, you already know all of this. Um, but the image in the death card in this deck is a little bit different, which is to be expected because it's very um, – you know, Druidry and Wicca-y, and so it kind of looks at death more as part of that cyclical nature. But the imagery on this card is the kaliach and the kaliach is kind of the crone goddess of winter in a lot of Scottish folklore. Um, in some stories, the kaliach and Brigid share the year, uh, and the, that Brigid takes over in the spring and in the warm months, and the kaliach r- rules in the cold winter months. Um, And here she is cloaked and she's standing over a cauldron. And cauldrons have huge um, meaning and symbolism in Celtic systems. So this cauldron's got all kinds of imagery on it that comes a lot from Caridwin's story. Um, There's also a snake in the artwork and that's a symbol of transformation there's ivy there's a bird of prey in the distance there's a um a dolmen in the background which is you know stone stacked on top of each other so there's a lot in this artwork that is about regeneration um she also has a sickle tied to her her belt and she's holding a skull in her hand. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the death concepts and the imagery of death are very much present here, but it is, that's not necessarily, um, that's not like the, the thrust of it. It's more about transformation. Uh, and so this is a card about letting go one of of something that needs to be released of something that needs to be, um, changed so that something new can be born, um, And it is a little bit different, I think. It's got a little bit more of a spiritual lean, a little softer um, energetic than, like, the death card just kind of, boom, death is coming, you know? (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) So
2: that that definitely gets said in whatever way they want to say it, but it 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 softens it. That's that's it. So in terms yeah, of yeah, it's more
1: about paying attention to the cycles, right, of death and rebirth, and um, and you know often what I say when I read and I pull this card is um, a door is closing, but another mm-hmm. door is opening, right? So that's it's true. it's figuring out like what. What comes next? What do you want? Where are you going? And know that when the door closes, that absolutely sucks. It's not easy. It's not fun. Um, it can sometimes it can be easy and fun, but most often you have to experience the loss. Uh, but it doesn't mean things are over. It means things are changing.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Truly, truly. Well, and it's it's interesting because when. Um, we talk about the, both of us read decks that are more um, in keeping with who are and who we are in our own spiritual path, as much as a tool to use to, you know, help uh, others find uh, answers or find a way that they need to be moving into. Um, the one I use is the witches Tarot, and it's by Ellen Ella Dugan and Mark. Evans. Mark Evans actually mm. did the um, artwork. And this particular one, you know, the death card basically has the white horse, obviously, with, you know, all the bridles and everything. And as all the others have said, the, you know, the reins have a, the symbols of the skull and the crossbones on it. But this particular skeleton that is dressed in armor has no head covering. He has just a skull, and it's on fire, so it's got flames. So he's like, you know, got the flames blowing out the back. And, of course, with the skull, it's the human mortality and also the seat of the mind, and the flames are greenish-yellow flames that represent the mind's energy and power. And, of course, you know, the, the glowing eyes, the bridle, et cetera, that, that's that's still common to the the weight riders, and several of the others, and with the same flag and the flower and and all but what I like about this and it has the towers and the the sun and all the things that it does but there's a child and Mm. um, there are no other beings on the ground but there is a child and he's standing and with joy he is holding up this beautiful bouquet of white daisies bound with ribbons um, in the three colors of the goddess white red and black And daisies represent innocence, white daisies. And the child is looking up and facing death, not looking down, not looking away. And he is doing this with joy and trust, being unafraid. He's welcoming the change. And the child, in this instance, represents hope. So to me, that was kind of like, oh, wow, because I knew that. I, you know, that imagery was there, but when I started to read what the people who put this deck together had in their minds and how they were bringing it forward, I was like, well, that's probably why when I see this, even unconsciously, I am not giving such a doom process as the card immediately conjures up. So Mm -hmm. um, it was just, it was very much about, and it's about, you know, again, it's reproduction. It's, it's, you know, when death happens, birth happens. It's the other side of the coin. And interesting enough for us that have had children, you know, physically, gone through the process, it does feel like dying, I'm sorry, no matter how much we have been able to ride the waves of the pain and all the rest that You know, people have you know, found ways to help women through the process. And that that child is dying to the environment it has been in to give itself life in another environment, i.e. the external world. So the symbology is there, and sometimes we have to go back to something more visceral to get a better handle on the actual experience of what goes on because, you know, our minds love to go in all kinds of ways and get us all freaked out and... (laughs) Get you know get things twisted around because of the fear of letting go, which is really
1: awesome, mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, death is. I mean, this is basically what you're saying already. But death is not something that we're comfortable with. And you can look back. Actually, it's kind of interesting. Uh, there's a book written by uh, Christopher Hughes, who is a druid. Um, and he lives on Anglesey Island in Wales. He's a Welsh um, guy who um, started the Anglesey Druid Order. He is the head of the Anglesey Druid Order. He's also a coroner. Uh, and he has written a book. I think it, it, they're just re-releasing it with a new title. I think it's called When the Last Leaf Has Fallen or When the Last Leaf Falls or something like that. But he has a very interesting relationship with death because he's a coroner. So he sees everything. You know, from terrible to nature to illness to, you know, all of it. He sees all of it. And uh, we, in the Western world especially, we have a very, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Clinical. We have a very clinical relationship to death. It's clean, it's all processed. Uh, we don't, we don't sit with dead bodies. We, our families don't wash our dead bodies. And that's a movement that's definitely growing, having like home funerals and home burials and things like that. But for most of our culture, that's not the way that it is. It's very clinical and uh, we don't, we're not involved with it. It go the a body goes away. And then either we go and, and watch it go into the ground or we pick up an urn of ashes or whatever. Like we don't have an intimate relationship with it. And death is scary. We don't know what comes next. We don't know what happens. And even if you have belief or uh, faith or whatever, you still don't know. We won't know until it happens. It is the, the final mystery that all humans have, you know, and it doesn't happen until it happens. Uh, and that's that's scary. It's scary. I, you know, I, my belief here is that um, religion exists because people are afraid of death, and that religion explains all of that. Mhm,
2: mhm. It's true. It is true because that gives. It's a it's a way to formalize a a way of feeling. Okay with what's going on out there, you know, whatever that yeah. is, whether it's death or it's you know different things that are happening, um, and I and we all go through different in in integrations in our lives as to what we feel helps us. So that in itself, you know, when somebody says, "Well, I, I'm I'm a recovering Catholic or whatever," mm-hmm. well, you start out with one thing, <clears throat> whether it's because your parents. Put you in that, because they are or they were or whatever, um, but you grow and you change and you explore and you weed and you go and experience something, and that's death and rebirth happening right there with mm-hmm. you know just the process of where we're going on this journey the The one that scares us all, of course, is the physical because we are tangible right. physical beings, and so I understand. That, that process, um, and when it gets more personal, it gets more scary. You know, I mean that is you know sort of the way of the way things go. But um, I think this card, as I said, I was a little. It's funny because I too fall prey to the down to the to the consciousness. I, I you know we were coming up to death, and I'm like, oh my god, death what does this
1: mean? You know,
2: <laughs> I, well, how is it gonna be? Yeah, that kind of thing, and then you get into exploring it a bit more and getting out of that immediacy and you you, you realize, whoa, get it. I, you know, it's beyond this, this small thing because when I went back and I, I said about fish and, and noon being the, it's basically, and that was what I, it's to sprout or to grow. That's
1: mm-hmm. what it means. And I'm like, right.
2: that's the regenerative process. You know, it's about motion. And, yeah. you know, when you think about it, we talk about, well, do things. Because if you do something, it is, you know, we think, well, doing is the idea. Well, even sitting and meditating is doing. <clears throat> but the idea is when you put things in motion, when you do something, and it, and it basically, as I was thinking about, you know, whirling or sailing, like the, the whirling dervishes and and things, it's about changing, moving that energy. And when you do that, you you go through the process, even if you're not completely conscious of it, to go from the death process to the birth process to growing and, and expanding. So I was I was um, kind of going, wow, okay, I, I guess I get some of this on a deeper level, and that's that's good
1: mm-hmm. um,
2: because right now we are surrounded in our particular time on this planet by a lot of death, and it's right. death in oh, yeah. all forms. So, you know, um, at this point, uh, you have to see where the birth process starts to, to to come into play as opposed to just the death and freaking. This is mm-hmm. the card of Scorpio. So the actual zodiacal sign is Scorpio. So, you know, this will deal with, then, and we know that Scorpio is about sexuality and sex and
1: you know, all mm-hmm. that. So
2: this, too, is a card that represents that. So sometimes when this comes up,
1: it isn't really
2: even about death. It's the Scorpio card, and you're talking about yeah. that whole process.
1: Yeah, and that adds a whole other layer, too, because Scorpio and the, and the eighth house of astrology that Scorpio rules is also about taboos, right, and the things that we're not supposed to talk about and the things that we're not supposed to do and the things that are anti- Establishment and anti-rules and anti-nice company. You know, I'm using air quotes when I say that. Uh, and so there is all of that wrapped up into this card too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, it's it's all the things that we don't want to look at and don't want to talk about and don't want to see. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that that is what the challenge of this card is. You know, it's not the big bad. It's not you know, watch your back. It's you know, it's none of that. It's it's all those things that are heavy and hard and scary
2: right right so and obviously you know the the
1: imaginative
2: intelligence which basically is more about causation is mental and the changes are primarily changes of the mental imagery that bring external change and you know that's where the new thought. um Groups of people that came in, and, and, and of course, people, um, Ernest Holmes and uh, Religious Science, and some of the others that took on um, that process of positive affirmations and have become, obviously, in the, the late 90s, um, very, very in again, some of them being resurrected from the turn of, you know, from early 1900s. But um, that's really important because. What changes and where we go with positive things, you know, because it's talking about the death of the cells and the old cells in our body dying, and so the re—the new cells that are grown, because we do that all the time. It's a mm-hmm. natural process. We reprogram them for a positive, a more positive state of being, a more positive I situation, like that. whatever it is. And if like that, a lot. Not, yeah. I mean, I, I I I knew this on an intellectual basis. You know, I know this because I was a part of the Church of Religious Science for a long time because at the time I met my husband, um, he was going, and so I kind of went to one of them with him, and it made a lot of sense, and I was kind of like, yeah, that's, you know, part of my journey. But it was just so incredible about, you know, every few years our, our, we get a new body because all these trillion little tiny beings and cells die and reborn, and... What does it say that we can reprogram them and put a positive viewpoint? And one of the things that I heard over and over from Matt, because he was a hypnotherapist, Mm. (laughs) avoid using the word not, because Mm, the (laughs) neurolinguistic programming, you know, and that's why when you do these positive affirmations or when you talk, especially when you talk, you have to learn how to, to navigate that, to shift, and when you do that, you're shifting yourself, which is forcing right. another positive side to your life. Anyway, that was my yeah. exciting
1: rediscovery
2: of all of this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I like
1: that. I like that. Well, and I thought I think for at least a minute we should touch on the reversal of this card. You know, we've we've said yeah. this every week, but Elvira and I both read professionally, and neither of us do reversals, but lots of people do. So um in some and i've been reading a few different books on reversals and what's really interesting is i've found um a really thick line in the sand that there are some reversals on this card where folks say oh this is actually a positive of the death card and it means you know that the next step is already here and it's the flow is moving and it's going to be easy and uh, you know, you're already you've already come through the death process, and now the rebirth process is starting. However, I've seen in other cards that there is stagnation, uh, that there is resistance and change. Like you're fighting against the change happening, and so now it has to. It's going to be more difficult because uh, you've been um, bristling against it. So who the heck knows? Because, you know, again, I don't have a personal feeling or relationship to this reversal, but I have found it really interesting that there are some um, professionals who say, oh, no, this is a positive reading for the death card, and others who are like, oh, no, it's even worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, there you go. Down the rabbit hole more. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I think some of that again. We say this every week. Some of that's going to depend on what's the question, who's the querent, uh, you know, what are the other cards that are out on the table? What else do you need to know? What's what is the flow? What's going on? And and where um, where it does this card reside in the layout? Right. All of those things are going to reveal more information on on how um, the energy of this card might play out.
2: Right. That's fine. And you know, we we in terms of some of the the lesser-known things that most people uh, don't necessarily need to know really, but it's always nice to throw them out as sort of a, well, maybe if you're interested, you can look further because, as I say, the Builders of the Adidams, B-O-T-A, had their own deck that Paul Foster Case put together, and he, of course, had all the different things we've talked about, uh, but he also put in that, you know, there was the color was greenish blue and that the musical note is G natural, and the parts of the body, there's a genitals, bladder, anus, and descending colon and nose. I found that interesting when you add all of the lower things, but you throw the nose in, which is at the upper side. <laughs> and mm. um, key are creative, secretive, healing. And so, of course, it has, and uh, this is for you, um, Different uh, words that would mean something, or, or you know, syndicity, cause, origin, uh, renewal, transmutation, and the
1: phoenix. Nice. Yes. And one <laughs> of the things my
2: teacher used to talk about when she was taught teaching, because she came from the background of the BOTA, um, is that because you have the scorpion and the snake, well, the scorpion, the eagle and the phoenix are all part of that aspect of Scorpio. The phoenix, of course, is the highest version of it, which is regeneration um, in terms of that. And I was totally, like, that, that always made me feel excited and happy. And so anytime I saw, you know, like, Harry Potter and the Phoenix, or now that I've met you and that's your name and and obviously the things that I have experienced. I'm like, yay, Phoenix,
1: yay. (laughs) There you go. I wanted to give
2: you a big plug. Oh, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) So, but anyway, so that kind of, you know, as far as I can see without going into some of the more, you know, because I was looking at my notes and, Thinking. Yeah. Well, I, I think we can we can sort of because it really can get into things that are. You know, I guess in a way we have to look at a lot of the orders were male dominated. So mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me. I think that clearly changes. <laughs> excuse me. The, the versions that were then put out and what we have now.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I apologize. I it's followed down the wrong way. It happens. I mean, I th- but I think we've uh, done, you know, a pretty thorough covering of the death card here. How are you feeling about it? Anything else we need to add? Or are you ready well, to feel plug like- our next show? Well,
2: we can plug our next show, and from there, then we will go on our merry way for the rest
1: of our Friday. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so next week we'll be doing our Ask a Witch episode, our ever-popular Ask a Witch segment. So if you have a question that you would like us to answer, uh, if there's something about witchcraft, paganism, spell work, reading tarot cards, you name it, that you would uh, like more information about, just send us your question. And you can do that by going to witchprestesscauldron.com, which is our website And there is a little um, form there to fill out with your question and your name. And uh, we'll answer, well, we will try to answer your question on our next episode. And we always get quite a few questions and we don't always get to all the questions. So don't be sad. Um, Don't take it personal. If we don't get to your question, we will definitely try. Uh, But we'll be doing that episode next week. So often, you know, we offer to do uh, readings for people, uh, but are asked which segments happen, you know, every couple months. So if you do want a free reading, then you have the opportunity between now and next Friday to have your question answered. So, yeah. Well,
2: definitely. Definitely. And we will be doing this from two different states, actually, next
1: week. Yeah. Which will be a test. That's even more so, exciting. Yes. <clears throat>
2: our our technology allows us not only to be across town or literally in two different towns, which has been the case recently uh, for all kinds of reasons,
1: mm-hmm. and then
2: being the majority of it, <clears throat> it turns out that now, because I will be traveling and I will be right. out of state, I will be doing this, and it's... Um, I'm kind of excited, and I'm a little nervous, so we will see how it goes, and Ask a Witch is a perfect segment to to actually do it on, because most of the time what we do is we just talk. We just carry on about all the different things and answer the people's questions and work through things, so this will be good. It won't require me to be so uh, on task right after jumping into, you know, travel and then into another location and all the rest of it. So I look forward to that. So you and um, the rest of our, our time here can be spent, we've got what, four minutes? I think we're,
1: okay,
2: mm-hmm. hey, hey, we're four minutes. <laughs> Sometimes we barely get it in. So, but, yeah. So we're, and we actually spent a few moments before the show making sure that we had everything set up for the next. Few months so that we finish off the tomorrow, and in the meantime, we also have you know another ask which segment will be coming in, and our um, rebroadcast of the different sabbaths that will be occurring during that time. So, um, kind of have a a rhythm now for the yeah for a while yeah so which will be good because you know obviously with all that's going on, it'd be better that one area have a rhythm. And not at all.
1: Right. Oh. So yep. I guess we can <clears throat> wind it up. That'll be it for today. We'll be back next well, week. And, uh, yeah.
2: All right. Well, everyone, stay <laughs> safe. And uh, we'll see you on the radio next
1: week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.